hamster wheel. We're just in a rat race. And there's no joy there. There's no fulfillment there. The Christian life is a life worth living. Because there's a mission. There's a mission that is bigger than just ourselves. There's a mission to help people. You know, the gospel helps people. You know what this world needs? The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Now, some of you aren't quite sure of that yet. But if you have had Christ change your life, then you know that he's the answer. He's the answer for every marriage. He is the answer for, for every relationship. He is the answer uh, for, for, our, for our eternal destiny, but he is also the answer uh, for our existence, our life. Jesus can take the broken and make them whole. He can take the defiled and make them pure. He can take the addict and make them clean. What a blessing. What a blessing. God is so good. But Christian, do we really, have we really embraced the mission of why we're here? I'm afraid as churches, I'm afraid as Christians, Getting saved is good enough. Are you saved this morning? I'm saved. I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. If you're not saved this morning, let me just tell you, uh, Jesus is worth trusting. Uh, what he did on the cross to pay for our sins. Uh, I, have a, uh, I had a debt that I could not pay. And he paid a debt he did not owe. He paid that for me. And so uh, salvation, and I've accepted Christ as my Savior. And it transformed my life. Not only did it transform my life, it transformed our whole family. My mom and my dad, they got saved And it's just amazing what God did in their life. My sister got saved. A couple years later, my brother got saved. Uh, His wife got saved. Uh, Grandkids and nieces and nephews and uh, now uh, multiple generations uh, are saved. And their life is blessed. The Christian life is a blessed life. It's not a life without problems. It's not a life without some heartache. But there are blessings about being in God's will. And there's a peace that you can have when you put your head on your pillow at night that nothing else can give you but Christ. So this morning when we look at this passage of Scripture, we find the Lord giving a mission uh, to the apostles. He gives this mission uh, to these believers. And, uh, and with that, uh, we find that this mission is in verse number 19. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.
So we can see here that in this process, it is to go, it is to teach, it is to baptize, and it is to teach. Go, teach, baptize, teach. But the real mission of going is to make disciples. The the word go here is given to us, and uh, this this word uh, go it it is a uh, it is a imperative. He said, "Go ye therefore." Uh, why? Uh, right before that, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth because of who Jesus is. We are to go. He gives us this directive, this command. But he says that we are to go and teach all nations. All nations. The word teach there is the word mathetusity, and uh, it's a Greek word, and it means to become a pupil. It is uh, to disciple. It is to initiate. It is uh, to instruct a disciple in the ways of the teacher. And so here the Lord said that we were to go and we were to teach. What he was saying was we are to go and we are to make disciples. Make disciples. And so that, that word, that teach, uh, it's the Greek word and it is in uh, the active imperative aorist tense. And how many of you know what I just said? I said it, and I don't even know. No. And so with that, the active, just like a verb, it is a verb. And so it is an active verb. It is an action that is supposed to be done, the teaching, the making of disciples. It is in the imperative tense, which is it's a command. It is not optional. It was, Jesus wasn't looking at the believers here and saying, well, you know, if you feel like this is something you would like to do, he says, this is, uh, this is a good thing to do. No, this is imperative. It is a command that he has given, but it is in the aorist tense. And in the aorist tense, uh, the, u- the users use this aorist tense uh, to summarize the subject. It is a summary of. So a lot of times what we will find is the explanation would come after a colon. You would have a statement that would be made, then you would have the explanation of it that would come after uh, that. Now this, we don't have that, but we do have the tense, and that tense is saying the teaching, the making of disciples is what we are to go and to do, and then he is going to tell us, explain what that making of disciples looks like. And so here we see that we are to go and we are to make disciples. Disciples, and this morning I want to speak to you on the subject the making of disciples. The making of disciples, and let's pray together. Father, I do pray that you would bless these next few moments. Help us as we recognize what your word says. 
Uh, and I pray, Lord, that it would be applicable uh, to our, our individual life, not just as a church, not just as an assembly of those who have gathered this morning, uh, but Lord, that each and every one of us would look into our life and to see whether or not this process is playing or ringing true. And so I pray that you'd bless now. Speak to hearts. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. You see, I believe that we are failing in this area of making disciples. There was a study that was just done, and I want to give you, it was a CBN study. Uh, it was a 20, 2021 uh, study. And in that 2021 study, uh, they stated that 60% of self-proclaimed believers People that say that they are born again, using the term born again, they do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Stop and think about that for a second. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is only one way to heaven. What, if, what are we finding? The result of this study was just revealing that people do not believe their Bible. Now, you're here this morning. You're in church. Praise the Lord. And, and with that, uh, you, you came to church, so obviously there's a belief in God, amen? Uh, and, and you are submitting to listening to the preaching of God's word. So there is, there is that understanding that God's word is going to be taught, it's going to be preached, proclaimed. Uh, but what we're finding is that the, the, uh, uh, the, the uh, big change is happening, and the biggest change is those that are between 18 and 39. Uh, they are, there is a huge shift. Uh, the study went on, and it said more than half of Americans who claim to have a biblical worldview, 51% stated that they do not believe what the Bible teaches. Now, how can we have a biblical worldview without believing the Bible? You see, we are missing some things here. We are, we are teaching people how to be good church members. We are teaching people how to, uh, to uh, be church attenders, but we are not making disciples. We are missing it when people who, who state that they believe the word of God they don't even believe the very simple tenets of Scripture. And we have got to make sure that we are making disciples. That is the mission uh, for the believer is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world around us, going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And so uh, D.L. Moody, though, he said this. He said, if I could live my life over he said, I would give my entire life to reach children. To reach children. Why, why was that? Uh, the study, the statistics came back uh, from the International Bible Society. And they stated this about when people accept Christ as their Savior. 
They say that 85% of people that are saved, they get saved between the age of 4 and 14. 85% between 4 and 14. They say 10% get saved between 15 and 30. Only 4% of people that get saved get saved after the age of 30. 4%. Now, why is that? I discussed that a little bit uh, this last week when we were talking about Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for if such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, except ye come as a little child, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, What is it? The child has faith. We'll see some kids. We, We saw 46 children saved this week. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And with that, those salvations, those children that were saved, there will be adults that will say, well, you know, do they really understand it all? I don't know. How many of you got saved after 15? I was 14 when I got saved. All right, you got saved after 15. Did you really understand it all? Let's be honest. After I got saved and I started learning, I started going back in my own mind thinking, oh man, did I understand everything? And then I went back through it and was trying to figure out, that's going to kill me this morning. It's just in the wrong spot. Uh, and so uh, I, I learned more and then it caused me to doubt. Knowledge causes you to lose faith. Jesus wasn't qualifying the children of being saved uh, like an adult to understand like an adult would uh, would understand. He qualified the faith of the adult and said, uh, you need to have faith like a little child, not the other way around. You see, uh, the age of salvation, the making of disciples, it is so important. Parents, let me tell you, it is imperative that you rear your children in the nurture and admonition in the Lord. You got to get your kids in church. You got to get them under the teaching of the word of God. You've got to help grow them and mature them. It is so vital. Why? Because they get past a certain point and so many walk away. They walk away, the making of disciples. And so uh, with this, when we look at uh, these, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, admonition uh, of the Lord, the making of a disciple, he said, go ye uh, therefore. And so we're going to look at the, the real mission of this uh, making disciples and how uh, this is to work. Uh, we are to be a part of it. So we're going to look at uh, several points, real easy Real quick, and am I already out of time? No, I'm not out of time. I've got a whole hour left. Just kidding. The first word there is go. Go. You know, we, we have to go before we know. So many people, I'm sorry, I just got to rearrange furniture Otherwise, I'm going off of this platform. But we have to go before we know. 
We, we have to realize that the, the obedience has to come first. You know, when you tell your child to come here, you don't stop and say, okay, well, we have all these reasons why I need you to come here. You say, come here. And then after you come here, then, then you start explaining what the explanation, the reasoning for. And, and with that, when it comes to the gospel, we, we need to go. We need to be obedient. We cannot be a disciple if we are not being obedient. The, the admonition is to go to make disciples. And if we are going to go and make disciples, then, then we have to initially submit to the authority of the one that is telling us to go. And, and that is just submitting to him and obeying him. He said, go ye therefore. So it's personal. That, that go is personal. It's every believer. It's every follower. Uh, every ministry. Every leader. Every church. We are to be engaged in this process. That's what he has given us. We call it the Great Commission. Why? Because of the value of it. It is of highest importance. And so uh, the going, uh, we are to go. Uh, we are to go and then we are to teach. Number two, right off the bat. Look at this. We're moving quick teach. He says to teach all nations. Now the word teach again, as I stated, uh, it is the word uh, to disciple. It is the, the, to make a pupil. It is the, uh, the teaching there, uh, the teaching, the making of a disciple. So uh, he said we are to make disciples in all nations. And so here, go therefore and teach all nations. So we have to go uh, to the regions beyond. But but it's not good enough to just put some money in an offering plate and send it to a missionary on the foreign field if we're not even going to go across the rooms of our own home and reach our own family. The making of a disciple. Making disciples, it's, a, it's all of our job. Now, if that is our job to do, then... We need to be made a disciple first. That means a disciple, the word disciple, is a disciplined one. A disciplined one. Uh, they are the pupil. They are the student sitting at the feet of the teacher. They are the one that is learning, that is gleaning how to be the person that they are supposed to be. And so that process of becoming, uh, the process of going and teaching and uh, reaching the world, it has, to, it has to include us being the student. It has to include us being the one that is, is going to learn. Have you ever tried to teach somebody that didn't want to learn? I do it every Sunday. <laughs> and, and with that, what do we find? You, you try to invest in somebody that doesn't even care. Where are we at? It's one thing to say somebody else should learn. What's our attitude about learning? What's our attitude? Has anybody arrived yet? Just, just curious. 
So this process of growth, it is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong journey. Uh, But here we see the going, the teaching, the making of disciples. We are losing America because we have failed to share truth with this world. We go back to 2 Chronicles, we would see that Israel was in that same spot. They had left God. They had turned their back on God. They had found themselves in a a situation where they were being judged uh, for their uh, their, uh, uh, ignorance. And then we see how, what what did the Lord do? Uh, he, he He said, if my people, which are called by my name, You know whose fault it is that we're losing America? It's the believer's fault. It's our fault. Why? Because we're not making disciples. We are are content with just being good enough. I hate that statement. It, It irritates me. It just drives me nuts. You know, the Bible says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know, we should, we should live our life to a life of excellence. We should do things to the best of our ability. One of the core values in the school uh, is, is to strive, to get the children to strive for excellence. Not to just slide through. I slid, I slid through school. I slid through or I skipped, one of the two. It was sort of, now I'm an educator, oh my goodness. But what do, what do we find? We, we need to strive for excellence. And, and here the Lord, he wants us to make disciples, but we need to be engaged and involved. Uh, I am all for our children having fun, and, I am, and, and we had a lot of fun this week, praise the Lord. Uh, and I'm for our teenagers having a great time. Uh, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than them just coming to church and having fun. Uh, are they growing? Are they learning? Are they becoming a disciple of Christ? Are they learning to follow the Savior? Uh, and we've got to make disciples. I am for them being taught how to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And the great need of America is not just a civil revolution. It is a, it is a spiritual revolution is what we need. Uh, we need a revolution uh, of coming back to Christ. It's a Jesus revolution is what we need. We need to have a come to Jesus moment. Some of you are looking at me, pastor, what does that even mean? How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say a come to Jesus moment? It's when all of a sudden it just sort of clicks. He's the Savior. He's Lord. I'm going to submit to Him. And when we truly understand who He is, it really helps us see who we are. When we see who we are, I'm awful small, I'm awful insignificant. But I can represent. 
the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a get out of jail free card? We used to play Monopoly. Some would play Monopoly, others would cheat Monopoly. I think really there's only one way to play Monopoly, and that's to cheat, isn't it? And so uh, we'd play Monopoly as kids and the get out of jail free card and you get stuck in jail and you had a get out of jail free card to get out. And, you know, Jesus is not a get out of jail free card. He's, he's not just, well, he saved me from the penalty of my sins. Now I can do whatever I want to do. No, he saved us, but he wants us to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us just to, to be a, a church attender. He doesn't want us just to be a religious person. He wants us to be a disciple. He wants us to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And the, the making of disciples is the process of bringing people to Christ and uh, bringing them to a place of commitment. Christ and commitment, they go together. Commitment is something that has declined over the last 50, 60 years. So very evident. You see it in marriage. You see it in family. You see it in a calling. see it in career. You see it across the board. And so uh, commitment. So we have the go. We have the teach. Number three, we have the baptize. This morning, we're going to baptize. And what is baptism? Baptism is that first step of obedience after salvation. It is the identification that you, by faith, have accepted Christ as your Savior. Uh, it's like a wedding ring. It's a symbol. I take my wedding ring off, and I'm still married. This just shows that I have a relationship. And it lets other people know that I have a relationship. If we would have stood up here, at, uh, not at this church, but if we would have stood up at the altar and the, the pastor would have said, uh, take, the, uh, take the ring and put it on, looking at Deb, and say, go ahead and put that on the third uh, finger of Carrie's uh, left hand uh, and, uh, uh, and put that uh, on his finger. I said, well, no, 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 I don't want to be, I don't want to wear a ring. I don't want anybody to know I'm married. How do you think that would have gone? It would have gone over like a lead balloon, that's for sure. There would have been a major problem. Baptism is the identification with who your Savior is. How do we get saved? We got saved because Jesus Christ went to the cross. He was he was put in that grave, that sepulcher. He was buried and he rose again. Uh, baptism by immersion is the only baptism you will find in the Bible. The word baptize literally means to immerse. To sprinkle is not to baptize. The word baptize means to immerse. And so uh, baptism, uh, we go down into the water. Pictures the cross of Christ. We are Buried with him in the likeness of his death. And we raise in newness of life. You know, when a person gets saved, we're supposed to get baptized. 
For some reason, baptism has been marginalized in Christendom. Almost like, well, you know, you don't really need to. It's just if you want to. No, it's the process of becoming a disciple. You can't be a disciple if you're not going to follow the one that is telling you what to do. I can't be a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, when the first thing he tells me to do after I accept him as my Savior, and he says, okay, I want you to follow me and get baptized. Nah, I don't think I want to do that. Then we can't be a follower. Discipleship does not come from disobedience. Discipleship comes from obedience, not disobedience. And so the baptizing, uh, we, are to, uh, we are to be baptized. He says you make disciples. Uh, how? Uh, you baptize them. Uh, and they, they accept Christ as their personal Savior. And after that, they follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And so we go, we teach, uh, we baptize. We see that in Acts chapter number 29 through 39. We see Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch, uh, is there and he's, he's wanting to, to know more about God and he has the book of Isaiah and Philip comes alongside and he said, understandest what thou readest. And he said, how could I lest some man should guide me? And then uh, Philip opened up the scriptures and preached unto him Jesus and the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. They're traveling along and they see some water and the Ethiopian eunuch looks over at Philip the evangelist and says, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And, G- and Philip looked at him and said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. What, what was it? You had to believe. There's that salvation. And then that obedience. It came right after Acts 2.41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What do we find? We find that when people got saved, uh, when you got saved, you should be glad that you got saved. Your sins have been forgiven. You were no longer on your way to hell. Now if something happens and you were to die, you're going to heaven. Uh, That should make your heart glad. And they that gladly received him were baptized. Acts 10, 48, the Bible says, and he commanded them to be baptized, everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, What do we see? We just see over and over again in the scriptures that when a person gets saved, they get baptized. It's the process of making disciples. Are you saved this morning? Since salvation, have you been baptized? By immersion. If you haven't, you need to get baptized. So, I don't don't know what, what will I say? You don't have to say anything. You just have to testify that you're saved. You've accepted Christ. And you want to follow him, believer's baptism. You see, salvation, baptism, uh, that baptism, it's that first step of making disciples. 
You have to be a part of the family of God to be, before you can get baptized. And so you have to be saved. Uh, but, but there is that teaching, uh, that go, that teach, that make disciples. And so what does that look like to make disciples? Is for them to get baptized. And then lastly, it is to teach. Whatsoever things I have commanded you. You say, well, what is that? That, that just means the rest of our life that we are to be learning about what God has said. Yeah. About being that disciple, being that follower of Christ. If we're not saved, we need to get saved. If you're saved and you've been baptized, if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. If you have been baptized, then, then let's get in the disciple-making process. We need to be helping others. If Christ did not change my life, I'd go make money. I'm just going to be honest with you. If salvation didn't do anything for me, I'd go do something else besides preach. If you had to look at you every week, No, it's, if, if there was no change, if there was no transformation, if I did not see what he does in people's lives. Yeah. Brother Billy's sitting right down over here. Preaches in our jail every week now. Seven years ago, he and his wife were addicts. They got reached at VBS because of their daughter. Now she's on staff. He helps on staff. What a, what a blessing. And what has happened? Christ is the answer. Lives are transformed. So much heartache is avoided and averted when we follow Christ. It's worthwhile making disciples. Christian, it's bigger than us just getting saved. It's bigger than just my family doing okay. The mission of the Great Commission is to make disciples. And we're all supposed to be a part of it. We're all supposed to be a part of it. Go teach. Go make disciples. Of all nations, go make disciples. How do we do that? Well, then you get saved, but then they get baptized. They start following. And then you teach. And there's that process of teaching, that process of learning. And all of us need to be a part of this process, the making of a disciple. I don't know about you, but I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to follow him. I want... When I see him, I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah. I, I want to be able to, I mean, when we get to heaven, nobody's going to stand up and look at Christ like we're somebody, because we're not. But I do want to have lived for him. I don't want to just float through life. In John chapter 6, 
Jesus had followers. He had disciples. And he taught on the baptism, and he taught on communion. And as he was teaching on that, in John chapter 6, he was talking about the commitment. In verse number 66, it's ironic that it's John 666. From that time, many of his disciples walked no more with him. They turned. They went away. They didn't follow him anymore. You know, I don't want that to be my life. I want to follow the Savior. And that's what being a disciple is. And it's going to be a life of learning. It's going to be a life of growth. But it'll be a life that not only do we grow, it'll be a life where we invest in others and we can see them grow. The making of a disciple. Let's be a disciple. But after that, let's make a disciple. Let's help somebody else to be a follower of Christ. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, just the opportunity to be able to open up your word and to teach. And, and I pray that today each of us have been helped. I pray that you would uh, just uh, help us to look into our life to see if we are being that follower, if we are uh, being that disciplined one. And, and I pray that if we're not, that you would uh, help us correct the errors of our way and, and show us. Uh, and then, Lord, I pray that as we endeavor to serve you, uh, that, Lord, we wouldn't just uh, try to be the disciple on our own, but also that we would invest in others and try to make others, help others become a disciple, a follower of you as well. And so I pray that you'd speak to hearts, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I do know the Lord as my personal Savior. I know I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'd go to heaven. You say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I do know the Lord is my personal Savior. I'm born again. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All over the auditorium, you can put your hand down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm unsure. I don't know. I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'd like to know. I wish I had that same confidence as uh, others that just raised their hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm, I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. I don't know what it really means to be born again. Uh, and I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. I am concerned about that. Pray for me. Nobody's looking around, but just slip your hand up. Let me see your hand this morning, and I'll pray for you. I, I see your hand. You can put it down. You can put it down there in the back. Who else? Pastor, I'm unsure. I wish I had that confidence. I wish I knew that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. All right, I see your hand. Anyone else? Pastor, I'm unsure. I'd like to know. I wished I knew. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. All right. With that, after salvation, the first thing the Lord tells us to do is follow in believer's baptism. What's going to stop you from following Christ? Embarrassment, pride, fear, 
anxiety. I'm glad none of those stop Christ. And I'm not minimizing those. Those are all very real emotions. But if you're here this morning, don't let them stop you from following the Lord. If you need to get baptized, get baptized today. Say, Pastor, what do I do? We're going to have an invitation here in just a moment. You just walk forward. And we'll have someone down at the end of the aisle and just tell them, you know, I'm saved, but I need to get baptized. And we'll have someone take you up, and we've got clothing. Everything's prepared. You could follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've, you've been saved, you've been baptized, but you've not been, you've not been engaged in the making of disciples, the process Let's all do what the Lord would want us to do. Father, you saw the hands. You know the needs of each person. You saw the, the hands of these that were raised, unsure of their eternal destiny. And Lord, I pray that you just draw them to yourself. Help them, Lord, today to get that assurance, to, to get, get, uh, get saved today. And so I pray that you would help them, uh, Lord, bring them uh, to a place where they'll put their faith in you and draw them, please. For these that need to get baptized, those that need to uh, just follow you uh, in this Christian life, I pray that you'd help us to be the disciple, the follower that you'd want us to be. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. Maybe you